It's post time. Welcome to the ESPN 1000 Post Game Show. With your hosts, ESPN 1000 fantasy expert and host Jeff Meller. And two-time Super Bowl champion Chicago native Howard Griffin. The ESPN 1000 Post Game Show on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. It took three and a half quarters, but the Bears found their big Nick energy. Wow. <laughs> My goodness. Howard Griffith. Woo! I'm Jeff Miller along with Howard Griffith, the two-time Super Bowl champ. We are taking your phone calls at 312-332-3776. And the Bears are 3-0 and in what looked very ugly initially. But boy, oh boy, I think the offense is energized after what they saw in that fourth quarter, Howard. Yeah, came up, had a few drops that could have could have sealed the game earlier, got them back into the game, but struggled a little bit uh, early in play, but then found their groove, really started to make a lot of plays, catches, and the defense also stepped up and really made things tough for Matt Ryan, particularly in the fourth quarter when he was really having so much success in the first half of the game. Yeah, there's so many things to dissect about this game, but clearly the headliner is the fact that Nick Foles takes over a little over 10 quarters into the 2020 season, and Nick Foles, who Ryan Pace went out and obtained for a fourth-round pick and a whole lot of cash, comes up big. The Super Bowl MVP delivers a comeback win for the Bears in Atlanta to a just a an injury-riddled Atlanta Falcons team. It really probably shouldn't gotten it shouldn't have gotten to the point where they needed to lean on Nick as a you know break in case of an emergency situation here, but. Mitch Trubisky could not take advantage. There were throws that he could have made that would have allowed him to stay in this game and probably gotten the Bears, as you mentioned, a game, a win a much earlier. However, they could not do that. Mitch could not come through with the big throws and the big plays when he needed to. And that made it pretty easy for Matt Nagy to say, you know what? It's time for me to finally go to Nick Foles. Yeah, they have been struggling, right? They need the offense needed a boost. And, and Nick, to be honest, he struggled as well early. But then he found the rhythm. And and I think, unfortunately for Mitch, as I've been saying for the last couple of weeks, now that this has happened, barring injury, uh, he's going to uh, Mitch Trubisky is going to be watching the game from the sidelines. No, I would think so. That is the question. We've got that web poll up out there for you. If you'd like to weigh in, um, not just uh, on the Twitter poll, which is as uh, as uh, Howard just said, have have we seen the last of Mitch Trubisky and any meaningful snaps from him? Uh, as a member of the Bears, it certainly seems like it after today. But the Bears are 3-0, and which I think is the critical point here. We could have been if, – if they don't come through with this win, they would have been 2-1. and one, And, you know, I think things would have – could very easily gone haywire. Now it really feels like, just watching this uh, for unbiasedly, that the Bears at 3-0 and now with – Nick Foles at the at the head of the offense. It really feels like the season can finally begin, Howard. Yeah, it does. And, and you know, I've, we've also talked about you know how it takes a couple of weeks. And for me, I usually said the first four or five weeks, teams are still trying to find themselves. But obviously, it's a little bit different this year with you know the limited uh, reps that they were able to get as far as training camp, what was going on there, and, and the fact that now you needed real game reps to be able to get in there and get comfortable with what you, with what you were going to be doing from an offensive standpoint now that you've made the change at quarterback. And you saw a quarterback in, 
Nick Foles really uh, elevate his game, I thought, after struggling a little bit, as I mentioned. But also his receivers came up with some big plays. Uh, and again, this is what it's about. They're in the thick of things now. Uh, I think they're going to they're going on a plane ride home. They're going to be feeling really good <laughs> about themselves uh, and where they're headed. As a no doubt about no doubt about it, Howard Griffith, the two-time Super Bowl champ here with you. I'm Jeff Miller. Again, we're here for two hours after every Bears game wraps up, taking your phone calls, allowing you, the fan, to react instantly to what you saw. And again, it's a 30-26 come-from-behind victory for the Bears. Nick Foles usurps Mitch Trubisky at this point. Foles finishes 16 for 29 on the day, 188 yards passing, three touchdowns, one interception. The interception, we can talk about that a little bit. Allen Robinson goes up for a ball. Seems like he may have come down with it initially, but then it, the ball's ripped away from him at the goal line. Like you mentioned, Howard, things could have it wouldn't they wouldn't have even had to sweat this because it, yeah. the Falcons were just trying to give it away. What are your thoughts on that initial interception that Foles throws, where Allen Robinson cannot rip it away? Well, I thought it was a, you know a bad call. I didn't think it was enough there to overturn it, and that's essentially what they you know obviously did. It was called a touchdown on the field. And I didn't see anything there. And you listen to the broadcast, they didn't see anything either. As far as in, in, in Pereira, who uh, yes. does a great job for Fox, really stepped up and made the call too. He wasn't afraid to go against his guys. And he said, no, I didn't see enough either. So it was one of those unfortunate things. But that, that's part of uh, what Nick was doing early in the game. He was throwing behind the receivers or under throwing. And, and mm-hmm. I talk about that just from the standpoint of not being out there not being at game speed. And then you saw that to get better as the game went on. He is Howard Griffith. I'm Jeff Meller. Again, ESPN 1000, 312-332-3776. We're taking all of your calls. We'll continue to do so uh, for the first hour and a half or so before we check in with Jeff Dickerson, uh, who will have his thoughts on the Bears-Falcons game. We'll also hear from Matt Nagy. And I would assume Nick Foles and not Mitch Trubisky at this point. I, I assume we'll probably hear from him. Post-game, we'll see if they make uh, Trubisky available initially via the Zoom. Obviously, things are a little different. Uh, in this time and era, so we'll have to see. But we were taking your phone calls, 312-332-3776. Let's check in with Tom, who's on the northwest side. He wants to talk about a Bears victory. Tom, you're on ESPN 1000. Hi, fellas. It was really a fantastic comeback. Uh, Fantastic. I just wanted to say how bad I feel for uh, Mitchell Trubisky, but we all knew that he just didn't have it. You know, he just didn't have it. David Montgomery was fantastic running the ball. And uh, Anthony Miller was terrific. And uh, don't forget the guy that everybody thought would, wouldn't be the guy, and that's uh, Jimmy Graham. He, he came through. You know, so you've got a lot of positive things. But don't forget Mitchell Trubisky because, you know, I, when you saw him on the sidelines, your heart had to go out to him because he worked so hard. He had such a great attitude, and he's, uh, you know, I, I'm sure in some other venue with some other club he'll make it. Thank you for the call, Tom. Um, you know, Howard, you know, I, I've, he's, that's actually not the first person I've heard say that they're, uh, they feel a little bad for Mitch Trubisky. And certainly there's a human emotion that goes with uh, you can understand the feeling of that. But at the same time, it's professional sports. Mitchell Trubisky signed a, a, a rookie deal that's paid him $29 million or will pay him $29 million over the first four years of his career. I mean, I, I don't want to be, you know, heartless here. But at the same time, you know, it's professional sports. If you can't get the job done, I can't feel too sorry for you. 
Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. At the end of the day, you know, you're a big boy. You got to go out and you got to perform. This is this is a performance based uh, business. And if you're not producing, someone else is going to step in and take your job. That's one thing. The numbers are always going to be the same. Just the names on the back are going to continue to change. And that's one of the things that, that he has to deal with. And you could see the look on his face. And I understand why people are, are feeling sorry for him. But it's still at the end of the day, you know, he was not getting it done. And he probably got more time than he probably should have. But I think, the, you know, Nagy was very patient with him. But it just it had gone too long. You know, the, the offense was sputtering, wasn't getting going. Uh, and it was time to spark the team. And, you know, it happened. <laughs> and, you know, they rallied. And, and that's the one thing. When you see the team, his teammates rallying around him and excited, the energy level was up. You know, unfortunately, you got to go with the guy with the hot hand and pulled you a victory. And and now it's going to be Nick Foles' team uh, for the foreseeable future. We will be breaking down a Bears come from behind win for the next two hours here. 312-332-3776 is your opportunity to weigh in. Tell us what you thought of a huge Bears win now 3-0 and and feeling very differently after a come-from-behind win in Atlanta on the road. They're 3-0 and in the conference as well. That's critical. So many things to talk about, so many things to dissect. We're just getting going here. Get in early, though, because, again, we've got Jeff Dickerson. We've got a lot of post-game sound for you in the later portion of the show. So now is your opportunity, 312-332-3776. Coming up next, did Ryan Pace make a huge mistake? We'll talk about it next. The ESPN 1000 Postgame Show returns after these. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. That is how it sounded on Fox as Anthony Miller hangs on to the second critical touchdown, or at least I guess what would have what could have been a second critical touchdown. His first, he drops one that could have put the Bears in a situation where they didn't even need that. But nevertheless, they were not going to be denied, or at least the Falcons were not going to allow the Bears to walk out of that game without a victory. I'm Jeff Miller, along with Howard Griffith. The Bears are now one of only four teams right now in the NFL who are 3-0. and Obviously, we've got a lot of afternoon games and a, a couple of night games tomorrow, uh, tonight and tomorrow. So we will see how that plays out. But right now, the Bears are one of only four teams in the league who are 3-0, and and they have themselves what looks to be a new man under center, Nick Foles. Howard, does this just prove that Ryan Pace and the Bears should have gone with Nick Foles from the outset? Yeah, they probably should have, right? But again, I think what was tough is that we didn't see him practice. We didn't see those guys compete. And maybe Nick Foles wasn't very good in, in camp as he was learning, you know, learning the offense and, and getting comfortable with his new surroundings. But I, I think they also, there was some, I think there was some loyalty to Mitch and wanted to continue to give him an opportunity. And they did that. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't necessarily think it was a mistake to go with him from the beginning because they, they obviously are three and up. So, yeah. They were able to get through that part of it, and now it's about continuing to try to build this offense and continue to get them up to speed. 
certainly could be looked at as some good fortune because you had a chance to test out Mitch, give him one last chance to try and show folks that he was worth the number two overall pick. At this point, it certainly seems like that uh, ship has sailed, but the Bears, they dodge a bullet because they are now 3-0, and and it looks like they have their, themselves a man who they're going to go forward with in Nick Foles. Let's uh, head on out to the phone lines. Again, 312-332-3776. Get in early because lots of lots – of, uh, Post-game coverage from the uh, post-game pressers later in the show, along with J.D. But right now, let's check in with Rob, who's in Prospect Heights. Rob, you're on ESPN 1000. Hey, Rob. Yeah, hey, how you doing? Yeah, how you doing, you guys? What's Good. up? Hey, you know what? Just a quick comment here. I, I, was, at a, I was at a pub out in uh, Prospect Heights, and, uh, you know, nice Bears victory. And a lot of people started shouting, you know, like the Bears Super Bowl and started getting all excited and everything. And I just I, I just want to make a quick comment. That kind of irked me because let's let's face it, I mean, the Atlanta Falcons were game planning for Mitch Krabisky, you know? And, and again, not to take anything away from the win, but you know, they weren't planning for Nick Foles. So let's let's just let's just pump the brakes a little bit. You know what I'm saying? I'll hang up and listen, fellas. Thank you very much for taking my call. Yeah, Rob, thanks a lot for the call. Appreciate it. We appreciate it. But, you know, you make, he makes a great point, Jeff, when you talk about this, this Atlanta football team. And, and not so much for as far as game planning, but when you look at it from a defensive standpoint, this was a team that was really decimated uh, and didn't have their top wide receiver on the offensive side, but it didn't seem to bother them early in the game. But this is one of those games, and I can understand people are getting excited, but this is going to be, you know, a process as we continue mm-hmm. to watch this Bears team uh, get better, hopefully, uh, and, and continue to improve week by week. But it, it is you know, a little bit. You have to be cautious and, and sure. kind of wait and see because you know they were struggling in this game and they weren't playing against a great team from defense no, side. No doubt about it, Howard. But I, the counterpoint, Rob, I would say is that you're right. The you know a mobile Mitch Trubisky is certainly something that you're maybe looking out differently for as a defense. But look. The Falcons were ravaged defensively. They were missing four starters on defense there and uh, two in the secondary. So this was every opportunity for Mitch to go ahead and get right game, and he failed to do so. And you can say, well, Nick Foles, you know, they weren't ready to uh, – they weren't prepared for him this week. But the truth is Nick Foles also did not get a full week of reps, and he's going to get that moving forward. And I do believe that Matt Nagy is going to design a game plan differently with Nick Foles under center, a guy who he trusts is going to be able to carry out the game plan that he puts in place. With Mitch, I think the problem was you don't always know, you know, if he's going to like, – we saw it a couple times. He misses wide-open deep throws. And if you're a, you're a game caller, you know, that's, that's maddening when you have those shots there and your quarterback can't take advantage of them. Yeah, you absolutely have to be able to take advantage of your opportunities. And when, when yeah. you don't do that, the other team is going to – going to force you force your hand and, and we saw that happening uh with the bears having to settle for some field goals right trying to kick yep. field goals as opposed to touchdowns that that we've been talking about for, for three weeks they yep. can't do that they've got to score touchdowns and you know they had a couple drops they had the interception but but still i, I think from from a um, motivation motivational standpoint this team is starting to feel good about themselves right because I, I think they all believe that this was probably the outcome that was going to happen. Uh, they're at practice too. They know what's mm-hmm. going on. And listen, when these, these smart guys, they understand when, you know, there's possibly a change that's being made. So, you know, they're going to have to continue to move forward, but 
it's one of those things. You, you're 3-0, and so that's great. They can move on. A lot to build on from this game. Steve is in Wheaton. Steve, you're on the postgame show on ESPN 1000. First, first thing I got to say is if you're not uh, – oops, let me shut that off. First thing, you guys got to be at 8 o'clock in the morning listening to Miller's Fantasy Show because uh, you're giving me some good picks. <laughs> so I appreciate that. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate the plug, my man. Uh, my question is, you know, you know, the, the two drop passes, you know, Foles could have thrown for another two TDs. But my question is, did Nick Foles just get Dan Quinn fired? I'll hang up and listen to your answer. <laughs> Steve, very interesting. Uh, I, I think the play got those guys fired at the end of the day. They are not uh, – you can almost see it in the body language of them when the Bears started to come back. Here we go again. And that's the mindset. That's what happens. We were here last week. Now here we go again. We knew this was a team from a defensive standpoint was, you know, wow. We talk about being decimated, but it is a poor tackling team. No doubt. They, they, don't, they don't tackle. I mean, Montgomery is a heck of a back, but he made these guys look absolutely silly running through their tackles. And that Allen Robinson touchdown, I mean, listen, listen, it was fun. I'm glad as a Bears fan to watch it happen, but that was a joke. Like, you, that, that cannot happen. Uh, you have two, you know, you have two secondary players there ready to make a tackle and just, just, just whip, you know, that, that can't happen. The point, I mean, let's also talk about, listen, I don't know how Arthur Blank is going to assess Dan Quinn's coaching. It's certainly not good right now. The, the, you know, the Cowboys fiasco last week was, was brutal. And now the one, two punch of a, of a second come from behind, uh, you know, where you just, you, you, you snare a loss from the jaws of victory. You know, it's, it's just incomprehensible. But what I'll say is, listen, however he approaches it, this is, this is uh, a situation where the Bears feel good about themselves moving forward because they get a, they're 3-0 and now, and they move forward with Nick Foles, and you know, we'll, we'll dissect Dan Quinn you know, in a future date. But the reality is, if, if, if Arthur Blank wants to roll with him for the rest of the season in this time when COVID is going on, I don't think anyone will feel poorly you know, about that decision. But right now it feels like the Falcons are just wayward. Uh, they have no – they have no – they really don't know where they're going right now. And if they just finish out this – look, the other point is I can't believe, Howard, we were at a situation where with over two minutes to go, the Bears actually had to slow down not to score too quickly – because it, it, it seemed inevitable. They scored 20, 20 unanswered points in the fourth quarter, and there was plenty of time left, and they had three timeouts remaining. Like, what was right. Dirk Cutter doing? Dan Quinn's got to step in and say, run the damn ball. Yeah, they've, they've got to be able to do that. But we've seen this before out of them, right? Mm-hmm. When they had an opportunity yeah. uh, a few years ago, uh, they didn't run the ball, right? They wanted yeah. to throw it around. But, you know, listen, they gotta, you, you gotta, everybody's got to go out there and play their game, execute their game plan. Um, and fortunately for us here in Chicago, uh, the Bears were able to do that toward the end and made the necessary plays when they needed to be made. He's Howard Griffith, two-time Super Bowl champ. I'm Jeff Meller here on ESPN 1000. Again, 312-332-3776. Mark, Matt, Rick, Keith, Mike, I see all you guys. Steve and Tom, don't worry. We're going to get to you right after the break here. Your chance to sound off on a Bears 3-0 start on ESPN 1000. Don't move. More of the ESPN 1000 postgame show is coming up on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN 1000. And the ESPN Chicago app. The Bears are 3-0 atop the NFC North. The Packers play the Saints tonight. The Vikings 
gave a game away to the Titans and the Lions right now are atop the Cardinals 3-0 as they approach the end of the first quarter there in Arizona. I'm Jeff Meller along with Howard Griffith. We're taking your phone calls and instant reaction to a huge Bears come from behind win in Atlanta. Let's go on out to Northbrook and say good afternoon to Mark. Hey, Mark, how you doing? Pretty good, Mr. Meller. I swear to God, I love your show and your fantasy picks. I swear to God, I don't play fantasy football, but you're the best. And Howard Griffith, best running back in Illini history, period. The question I have for you, though, or a couple thoughts, actually. Um, whenever you get a backup quarterback, it seems like, in whatever football game, they seem to light a spark on the offense. Obviously, this one. I thought the Bears were going to get crushed, to be honest with you. I turned it on later, and suddenly they're, like, coming back, coming back. Nick Foles led them to three touchdowns, which was incredible, and they won. Howard, the question I have to ask of you is how does an offense, offensive line or the entire offense, react to a backup quarterback coming in for a starter that's ineffective then the new starter comes in and does well and leads them to victory. How does that affect the team, and how does that affect the offensive team in general? Just yeah, curious. Mark, that's a, that's a great question, Mark. I, I think what happens is, you know, these guys, whether you're an offensive lineman, you're a wide receiver, whether you're a defensive player, they're all at practice, right? And they could be best friends or best uh, buddies or with the starting quarterback, but at the end of the day, it's a result-oriented business. So they want the best guy out there that's going to be able to win the football game for them. So although you may, you may be close with Mitch, at the end of the day, it's about you know, winning games. And you talk about giving a spark to, to the backup quarterback. And there are always a lot of places where, where teams are, are struggling or not dominant, where the backup quarterback is the most popular person in the building. Right. And that's mm-hmm. kind of as the Bears fans. Right. That's kind of what we've been been saying and what we've been thinking, because. You know, we just figured that, that Mitch was going to struggle at some point and the, the, the uh, move was going to be made. But I think it just energizes the team. And I think that's the biggest thing, the most important part, that, that the team is now energized, I believe, and now going to continue to try to move forward with him. Absolutely. Again, he's two-time Super Bowl champ, Howard Griffith. I'm Jeff Meller. More of your calls. Also, Jeff Dickerson. We'll hear from Matt Nagy and Nick Foles in the postgame press conferences. We'll do all that in just two minutes. Howard Griffith and Jeff Meller. More post-game coming up. This is the ESPN 1000 post-game show on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Bear, bear, Bears football. The ESPN 1000 post-game show is back. With your hosts, ESPN 1000 fantasy expert and host Jeff Meller and two-time Super Bowl champion Chicago native Howard Griffith. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. And the ESPN Chicago app. Look at Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles has his helmet on as well, Jonathan. Looks like Foles is going to come in. Trubisky all the way away from the offense. Usually when someone's that far away, you know he's not going to get in. And they need the spark right now. And we see the Bears taking over with Nick Foles at the helm. But Trubisky looked uncomfortable sitting in the pocket. Hopefully the Bears get a spark. Foles on third down to the end zone. And his grab again. Same spot. 
second quarter, his second touchdown today. That was indeed Jimmy Graham's second touchdown. He has six catches for 60 yards and a couple of scores. In a Bears come from behind win, now 3-0 and on the season. The Bears beat the Falcons 30-26 to on the road. They're now 3-0 and in the NFC, which is critical, too, for all the playoff tie-breaking berths. So Bears in prime position. After it's it's crazy, Howard. After the first two games, it they were two and zero, and boy, it did not feel like a two and zero team. And I was at, at halftime. I was I was talking myself into the Bears being three and zero with Trubisky under center and possibly being the worst three and zero team in NFL history. And yet they make the decision to pull Mitch uh, because they had to because he was not going to get it done at that point. And clearly, Nick Foles provides the energy that they needed, and boy, oh boy, is it just a dramatically different feeling now as the Bears are 3-0 and with Nick Foles under center. It really does. And, you know, remember in the first, couple, first two weeks we were doing the show, it was still about, you know, the other team isn't very good. You know, they're making all kinds of mistakes. And, and, and again, when you look at this Atlanta team, they were beat up on the defensive side and, and lost some Offensive weapons weren't able to go out and perform. But the feeling is different because we see someone different under center. And we saw the team really rally. And I think that's a big part of it. Mm-hmm. We uh, Again, we're taking your calls, 312-332-3776. Get in early because we are going to have lots of postgame coverage from Jeff Dickerson, Matt Nagy, and Nick Foles. So call now. Matt is on the north side. Matt, you are on the postgame show. What do you think about that Bears win? Hey guys, how's it going? Um, great win. It was great to see them uh, pull through with that one. I just got a quick hypothetical for you guys. Um, mm-hmm. So with Trubisky out and Foles in for the foreseeable future, say Foles starts slipping and starts playing poorly. Um, what do you guys think they're going to do with that? Do you think they would ever bring Trubisky back in? Or do you think they'll just pull through the rest of the season with uh, Foles? So I'll hang up and thanks for taking my call, guys. Yeah, Matt, thanks for calling in. Really appreciate it. I think one of the things when you start to look at that, my stance would be uh, Nick Foles would really, he would have to be injured, get injured, or he would have to really play poorly. I mean, really badly um, for them to go back to Mitch because you already know what you have in Mitch, right? We've seen it for years now, what Mitch is and who he is as a player and as a quarterback. So now I I think you need to let uh, your, your quarterback settle down, let that whole room settle down a little bit, and un- everyone understand who's the starter is going to be. And, and it's time for Nick Foles to, you know, really just carry the team and make it happen. Yeah, I can't see a scenario right now without injury where Nick Foles is going to be pulled. Like things would, I, I mean, we're talking, we're going to, we'd have to be deep into the season and things just be complete chaos where everything, you know, I'm talking. Like the the Bears feel like they'd have to dip below 500 at this point before you'd even consider going back to Mitch Trubisky because the fact that they started the season with him, you know, showed you all the it was that was it that was the the last chance for Mitch to prove that he he was going to be the answer for this franchise and when you get through 10 quarters and you still have all these question marks surrounding you that's it that you know we talked about it early in the year when you went to Nick Foles that was break glass in case of emergency there was no going back it truly feels like Nick Foles will be the starter as long as the as long as he's healthy for the bears rick is in mount prospect hey rick you're on the post game show with howard griffith and jeff meller hey guys how you doing thanks for taking my call 
Well, we're great, Rick. What's up? Yeah, thanks for taking my call. Hey, I know you guys have heard this before about the whole comparisons with Holmes, Watson, blah, blah, blah. But I can't help but think, I mean, based on what the Bears have got, you know, with their with Trubisky, I mean, you got Kyle Murray that was picked last year. Now you got Joe Burrow. And it's like, wow, man, it's like compared to what these young guys are coming out of college doing and what you're getting out of Trubisky, it's like it's kind of a no-brainer. They kind of whiffed. When are they going to have enough common sense to make some good decisions and to move on? Yeah, Rick, it's, it's a fascinating uh, question as well because you know I think one of the things you have to go back and you have to look at when Mitch was drafted, who the head coach was at the time, and that probably had a lot to say with who you ended up drafting. And well, what about the general once, manager? It's been the same general manager. Yeah, and that's but that's the point. The general manager drafted the person that he thought was maybe fit what the coach at the time was doing. And that doesn't necessarily work, right? And I know you see these young players and uh, you see some of the things that they're able to do because they're so dynamic, but that was a risk they were taking. I mean, it was a huge risk to take a guy who really essentially had one year of uh, being a starter under his belt. And and it's always a challenge, but particularly at the quarterback spot, when you do that, there's not not a lot of history there. So I, I think they were as patient as they possibly could be and right. probably a little more patient than they needed to be with him. Yeah, Rick, the one thing I'll say is, and thanks for the call. We appreciate it, my man. Um, but there's just yeah, – we there's nothing we can do at this point. Ryan B- Pace clearly whiffed. It's undeniable at this point. Um, Mahomes would have been the better choice, but, you know, or Watson would have been the clear choice. All those guys would have been better. You pointed out Kyler Murray coming in and looking effective. Look, let's not uh, – and Joe Burrow, look, he's – let's not – let's slow our roll there. They, they tied the Eagles today. We're not going to go ahead and – you know, I, I love Joe Burrow and what he did in college, but I, I, I need a little more than three games. And, and what are they, uh, are they uh, 0-2-1 and one or 1-1-1? One, one and one? Uh, Either way, we're going to slow our roll on Joe Burrow being, you know, the next MVP in the league just yet. Um, nevertheless, though, yeah. Look, I don't. I think it's at this point Ryan Pace. He he doesn't get a redo. I mean, he's going to need this Bears team, who's three and zero and in great position at this point. He's going to need them to play really well because he's got that on his resume. He can't undo it. Now, the only thing Ryan Pace has going for him is that the team is three and zero and he got them Nick Foles. So if Nick Foles can lead them to a deep playoff run, well, maybe he did save his job. And at that point, we'll reassess Ryan Pace then. But today, it's all about Nick Foles leading the Bears to a come-from-behind win in Atlanta on the road, just huge. Let's try Keith, who is on the south side. Keith, what are your thoughts about a 3-0 Bears team? Yeah, yeah. hey, guys, a great show. Uh, yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's interesting what I'm thinking right now. See, you know, not only did Nick have a, a great impact on the offense, but to me, it seemed like the defense started playing a lot better when he got in and, and really rallied behind that. And so my question is, how much better will the defense be uh, if they will be better because of uh, the change uh, with, uh, you know, with uh, Nick? And I'll uh, hang up. Thanks, guys. Hey, thanks, Keith. And um, when, when you start to look at it, right, this is a team that, that really struggled to score points early. It was normally having to settle for field goals and different things like that. It's a different game when your defense can play with a lead. They can be more aggressive. They can do some different things. They can, I think, can also, you know, put themselves in a situation where they can dictate the pace of the game when you know you have an offense 
that's going to be able to score points. So that's a definite confidence booster when you know your offense can move up and down the field and you got guys that are going to be able to make plays. Uh, so I think it absolutely helps the team, no doubt. No, those are those are some excellent points. I think, look, you have um, – you have uh, you have a defense who we've laid out. You know we've talked about a lot on this station. Clearly, Khalil Mack, Robert Quinn, Akeem Hicks. That's the strength of this defense. Like you know they're going to get after. You've got some elite pass rushers here, so there's no doubt. As Howard just said, if you get a lead or or you feel confident that your your offense can score some points, it's just a different mentality for the defense out there. And listen, a, a man who had a bad game today. I think I don't think you can you can even debate that. Eddie Jackson had a, a very poor game. He got beat deep early by on the first offensive play. Calvin Ridley, Kyle Fuller passes Calvin Ridley off to him, and, and Eddie Jackson gets burned by really the only offensive threat on the Falcons roster today with Julio Jones out. So that was a bad play. And then you saw you know Todd Gurley, who is certainly not the same guy who was the offensive player of the year a couple of years ago, stiff arm him and score a touchdown. Eddie Jackson had a bad game. I think Eddie Jackson, you know, a part of his strength is when they, when they have a lead, the passers are getting after it. When he can play a center field safety and go out and try and pick balls. Like, you know, those are, those are the strengths of this defense. So like Howard said, like if you can, if you have an offense, you trust can go out and make some plays that will be huge for this defense as well to hopefully play better going forward. Let's try Tim, who's in Little Italy. Tim, you're on the postgame show with Howard Griffith. What's up? Hey, hey guys. Last week I called in. I said a win is a win. And then I brought up the identity crisis that the Bears have. Today I'm saying the Bears finally opposed their will on a team, finished the, finished the game strong, came out with a victory. And it looks like identity crisis is about 90% averted. As long as uh, our quarter, that quarterback can stay healthy, man, looks like Chicago's going to have a heck of a season this year. Looking forward to uh, seeing those guys get better. Uh, defense got to sharpen it up. Uh, what do you guys think about about the uh, about the defense today, and um, how do you think the defense is going to compete once you guys get into the really deep into the those conference games? Yeah, thanks, Tim. Uh, I, I think we'll start with the defensive side of the ball first. I, I think they, they're really starting to rally and, and find out how to get pressure on, on their opponent. I mean, we mentioned Hicks, and he's really put together a couple of really solid weeks, and he's going to have several opportunities to be one-on-one uh, with whether it's a guard or, or a center to be able to make plays because of those pass rushes. Once they get going, they, you have to double-team those guys out there. So, you, you know, he's going to have those opportunities. And, and there was a big play. Matt Ryan had an opportunity to hit a wide-open receiver but couldn't finish his throw because there was Hicks was coming into his face and he couldn't, couldn't complete the throw. So he ended up throwing it over him. So I, I think this team's going to continue to get better, as I've been saying. It's really about, you know, finding their legs and, and getting ready to get after people and, and continuing to get healthy. And, you know, they can make plays. There's no question about it. Eddie Jackson's got, got to continue to get better. I mean, he was, he, you know, you mentioned it, Jeff. He struggled. He struggled there. Mm-hmm. Um, and but to have him in a, a situation where he's got to take Ridley, that's not necessarily a great situation sure. to have him in. So you know they got to you know they're going teams are going to make some plays, but you probably shouldn't be putting your your uh, your safeties in that type of position. Yeah, I, I just listen. All I can do is tell you from my perspective, but I have to believe the defense, the offense, everybody. Like you know, Bears fans, let us know what you think. But my my. I was I was dejected 
at halftime with the way the Bears were playing. I, I could see from every aspect that the Falcons were not – they just don't – with all the injuries they've had, with the – you know, they were depleted. Dan Quinn clearly coaching for his job. You could you could feel that they were playing tight, and the Bears were were – they put them in a position where the Falcons felt, okay, you know, we, we're going to get this game. And I was dejected at halftime. And unfortunately, a lot of it was because Mitch, they, they were, the Falcons defense was giving Mitch some simple slants, easy throws, and saying, we don't think you could go on a long drive without making a mistake. And clearly at that point, they, that's, he was proving them right. And, you know, he missed a wide open, um, you know, throw that would have been, that should have been a touchdown. And at that point, some point, sometime at halftime, I think, you know, Nagy said, look, you know, that's it. I, I can't keep going with this and beating my head into the wall if you're not going to be better. And Mick, he goes to Nick Foles, and it was, yeah, Nick had to find his rhythm, but he did. He, he, you, know, you gave him a half, you give him a quarter, he finally figured it out against a defense that really wasn't an NFL-caliber defense, and it's, an, it's a nice way for him to ease his way in. Again, I said it earlier, big Nick energy. I think the, the uh, <laughs> offense, the defense is going to draw on that. And uh, we're going to, I think, it, it really feels like, Howard, the season began to get, began today for the Bears fans. Yeah, I think without a doubt, people have got, gotten excited about this team again, right? And mm-hmm. it's, a matter, it's amazing what happens uh, in, in one week. Uh, but things have changed and, and people are feeling good about it, which, and the team is feeling good about it. And, and I think people also ought to know that this, this decision to go to Nick, this wasn't, okay, we're in this game. This was planned. I believe that they knew that if Nick struggles, here's where we're going. And and I think if it would be interesting to hear if Nagy's asked this question, what was it like going into this week? Did he already tell Nick Foles that, hey, you, you've got a chance. If he, if he struggles, we're coming to you. Because uh, those are some of the interesting uh, dynamics that happen during the week when, when people are starting to think about making a change at quarterback, how the, what the mechanics are for actually making that happen as far as letting both guys know what's going to happen and what's going to transpire if uh, Mitch goes out and struggle. And, and we saw that today. Well, that's a great way to set it up. How about this? After we come back from the break, we will let you hear from Matt Nagy. We'll let you know. We'll let you hear what the reporters had to ask him. And you'll hear his response to a huge comeback win against the Falcons. He's Howard Griffith. I'm Jeff Miller. This is your postgame show here on ESPN 1000. Twelve hundred over twelve hundred people have weighed in so far to the Twitter poll. Barring injury, do you believe Mitch Trubisky has taken his last meaningful snap as a member of the Bears? Over eighty-five percent saying yes. They believe Mitch has taken his last meaningful snap as a member of the Bears. Assuming no injury, we will see what the head coach has to say. Will he commit to Nick Foles going forward? He just met the media via Zoom. Here's what he had to say. I'll start off here, first of all, um, you know, just saying how much of an emotional game that was, you know, in so many different ways. Uh, we're, we're super fired up that, that we won. Um, and But there are a lot of emotions that go into that. And, and I, you know, to start off, when you start looking at some of the injuries, unfortunately, it looks like uh, Tariq Cohen, uh, after we get confirmation, looks like he did end up tearing his ACL. So uh, that'll be a, a big blow to us there with that, which is unfortunate. I'm so proud of that kid, and he's been really growing. And so that part you don't like. Um, you know, obviously the the quarterback situation, uh, as as you know, it can it can be uh, 
there's a lot of emotions that go into that, these, these kids, these players. And, and so that was a move that we ended up making. And, and so, but we're super fired up that we won the game and uh, we had that. And then of course the, the amount of respect that I have for Mr. Blank and uh, the Atlanta Falcons organization, I just think that uh, they do a lot of things the right way. I have a lot of respect for Dan Quinn and they, uh, you know, I know it's, it's tough there too. So anyway, um, big, big picture from our game, uh, start off with some discipline we had you know too many penalties I think we had like 12 penalties going into this game which I was really proud of our team being disciplined and then we had uh I don't know double digit penalties today in in every phase so that we got to eliminate we can't we got to be able to get off the field that said our resiliency and our perseverance of these players the high character guys that we have um there's something special about this this group you know I, I don't know what it is but there's something special about this team and I love it. Uh, I'm proud of them. No one gave up. Uh, our, you know, the fourth quarter to be able to come back with a 20-0 score for, for us versus them is great. Um, there's just, a, again, like I said, there's a lot of good things. There's some bad, but we're 3-0, and and that's, that's the, what we're not going to lose sight of. Hey, Matt, in terms of making that decision, what was the, the, the point for you? Like, looking back at the, the missed deep throw to Anthony Miller, then you had the, the interception there against zone. Like, what was the, the point where you, you knew a change had to be made? I think really when, when, when I knew it was, uh, was the interception there on third down. We were struggling on third down a lot. We weren't producing points in the red zone. And, it, you know, I just think that sometimes there's a gut feeling as to when to do it. And that, that just that seemed like the right time. And um, it's never it's never fun. You know, we you guys understand these relationships that we build with these, these guys, these players. There's, there's, there's strong relationships and it's not easy. But it's, um, you know, there's there's personal relationships and past relationships, and that that's just where we're at at that time. Matt, you say you knew after that interception, but was this something you had talked about with your coaching staff, with the quarterbacks at halftime, that this might be might be happening? We discussed it. You know, I just think that there was a little bit of there just there was we were lacking a little bit of a rhythm. There wasn't a lot of uh, energy. There was just something missing a little bit. And again, I always say, you know, it's. Uh, it, it, when you're when you're playing quarterback, there's only one of them. And when no matter what, usually uh, when things are going really well, you get all the credit when you probably shouldn't. And and when things are, are not going well, you get all the blame when you probably shouldn't. But at the same point in time, that comes with the job. And uh, and uh, you know we, we discussed it, but we wanted to be able to go out and just kind of get a feel for where, how things would go. And then really when that interception occurred, I think you just kind of felt like okay, we gotta we gotta uh, make a move here. Hey Matt. So what happens now? I mean, Nick obviously has this great come from behind win. It would seem like it would be hard to go back to Mitch next week. Have you decided what the next couple of days are going to be like for you as far as who plays going forward? Right. Yeah, we, we haven't yet, Jeff. I think that's what, what we'll do is we'll go back and um, just kind of enjoy this one right now. And then we'll, we'll talk through where we're at and what we think is the best decision moving forward. We're not, we're not, honestly, we're not, we're not there right now, but I think that, uh, you know, there's something here that, that we just got to discuss. And, and again, just, just go through and talk through the, the situation and understand that there's, uh, um, you know, there's these feelings that these kids are going through right now. And, and I think we just want to enjoy the win tonight. Matt, can you, can you just walk us through sort of how quick and, and uh, the details of your discussions with Nick's when, when you have to make that change really quick and get him ready to get on the field and, and know what you're looking for in that situation? You're saying about some of the play, like the plays and no, stuff. Just, just 
getting face to face with Nick, letting him know he's going in and just really quickly oh, yeah. on the fly, yeah. let, letting him know what's going on. Yeah. The process. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, you know, I, we just went over to, uh, to Mitch and told him that uh, really simply put that we're going to go with Nick. There wasn't a lot of talk or anything like that. It's just what it was. And then um, told, told Nick that we're going to go with, with him. And then what you got to do is you got to start looking at your play call sheet and just kind of get the feel for uh, where you're at play wise. I mean, again, unlike training camp, he's not getting any of these reps in, in the week of practice. So uh, you want to go ahead and get a feel for where he's at. And that's what we did. Matt, I feel like we've been having some version of this discussion ever since you guys traded for polls. How do you explain what he does? How do you explain that a month ago he lost out on the starting job and then today he does that in the fourth quarter? Yeah, well, I would say that with Nick, um, he kind of has a history in these big moments of, of making things happen. For me, you guys got to go back and realize, I, I never, I know you know this, but I, I've never called plays with him as the uh, as the quarterback. I've always been on staff with him, but I've never called plays. So there's a little bit of trying to figure out the communication in the headset of what you like, what you don't like, just the simplicities of how you call a play. Is it formation first? Is it play second? Is it play first and formation second? Little things like that. But there was just a calm out there that I really felt by him. And, um, you know, that you become a little bit one-dimensional. And there's some plays that he did in those last couple drives uh, where he got us in a good situation and he made a lot of plays happen based off of his experience. And that's good to have when, when you have that, that's good. And Matt, this seems like about two weeks ago, but what, how did you guys handle the news that the Falcons had a positive test? What was last night and this morning like for you guys getting ready? And I noticed a couple of your guys had face shields on that hadn't before. Was that related at all to uh, whatever risk there may be out there? I, yeah, Pat, I don't think so. We, we found out yesterday, just like everybody else, and I told the team is literally the second that that came out because what that does is that helps me. It backs me up when I tell them to wear your mask everywhere you go, you know, in the facility, wear your, wear your stinking mask. It's not hard. Do it, but don't get relaxed on it because this stuff can happen and it's real, and all of a sudden you're told you can't play or you can't coach. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm currently at a point where I feel weird when I'm not wearing my mask like right now, you know, but that's, that's real. I mean, you got to – that's where we're at, and it's too important. And losing one guy, and I think they'll, you know, we all learn through this, and it's a wake up call that you got to stay on this thing. Hey, coach. Um, so you, you make the move there to change quarterbacks. How much of that decision was a function of what your offense did weeks one and week two? Like, if Mitch had, if you guys had been rolling the first two weeks, I don't know that you pull them there. Yeah, I would say, Brad, for us, um, again, this is, you know, you, you get into a situation where you always evaluate how do you feel as an offense? Really, what are you doing? You know, how are you producing? Um, and I would say, you know, the first game, obviously we struggled the first three quarters, and then we caught on fire like in another world that fourth quarter, which was awesome. And then last week we did well in the first and second quarter, and then we struggled mightily in the third and fourth quarter. And and so uh, – Again, you, you look at the big picture, and I think there's a feel to it uh, when you go when you go through this, and then when you're in a game like this, I mean, it's just there was a feel today to it. None of this was premeditated; it was just a feel, and that's my job in that role. That if there's if it's going a certain direction, uh, you know, I have to make that decision, and that's the decision that I ended up making. Hey, Matt. Regardless of who's playing quarterback, I, I'm curious how you thought your wide receivers played. 
you had a couple touchdowns that came off the board, but then obviously A-Rob and uh, Anthony both made big big plays uh, down the stretch too. Yeah, I, I thought, Adam, I thought they played really well. It, it, it's tough to have, you know, those two, those two touchdowns called back. I, I think, uh, again, I think for sure the second one looked like uh, it was definitely bobbled, and it's still hard to say on the first one with A-Rob, but that's the decision that the refs made, and that's, what, that's why they do what they do. And, and you know, so that, that part was hard, but that, that's, that's real. So overall, again, without watching the tape, I felt like they made plays, and there was just an energy there that they were uh, – we, we got – uh, a couple there where they had to make some tough catches and then run after the catch. And then A-Rob had that one down the sideline, which was really neat. So you just felt it. I, I, I have a lot of belief in our wide receivers, our tight ends, our running backs, everybody for that matter. And I, I just think overall, when guys had to step up today, they did it. And um, that's probably what I'm most proud about. The head coach of the 3-0 and Chicago Bears, Matt Nagy, talking about some you know, news that we – thought we suspected might be coming likely that Trey Cohen has torn his ACL, which means he's obviously done for the year, but also talked about going to Nick Foles remained non-committal. What does our two-time Super Bowl champs think about that? We'll hear what Howard Griffith thought of Matt Nagy's postgame next. The dissection of the Bears game continues right after this. This is the ESPN 1000 postgame show on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. 